Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland, Amy G. Today's date is Friday, December 26th, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are at page 28, down to the fourth paragraph that starts, We Think It of No Concern. My readers today are Sarah W., Chelsea H., and Alice M. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, December 25th, is 7138. That is 7138. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Lois M. to read the 12 steps, please. Hi, good morning. This is Lois M. in Massachusetts, recovered. Uh, The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Excuse me. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and, under, prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him. Praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of, of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lois. I will now ask Nancy S. to read the 12 traditions, please. Hi, Amy. Good morning, everybody. Um, This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, a recovering compulsive overeater. Can you hear me okay? Just fine. Thank you. Thank you. The 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do this service, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify ourselves as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does require that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing on what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star, uh, star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 28 down to the fourth paragraph that starts, We Think It of No Concern of Ours. I will ask Sarah W. to start reading. Go ahead, Sarah. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We think it no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with as individuals. This should be an entirely personal affair, which each one decides for himself in the light of past associations or his present choice. Not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such memberships. In the following chapter, there appears an explanation of alcoholism. As we understand it, in a chapter addressed to the agnostic, many who were once in this class are now 
among our members. Surprisingly enough, we find such convictions no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. So grateful to be here today um, and to be reading this book and to know that I now have a way of life that can offer me sanity, serenity, peace, and a way to live that I can be of service to others. Um, I wanted to focus mainly on the first paragraph um, that it says that it shouldn't matter what religion we are or what what we've been brought up with or what we choose to uh, to believe as far as our religious orientation and that it should be an entirely personal affair um, and you know whatever our past associations and not all of us join religious bodies you know i've I've always been a spiritual seeker, a religious seeker. I've um, I've dipped my toes into many areas, um, and the greatest gift I have, you know, basically, uh, OA and the twelve step program is my is my house of worship. In all honesty, and um, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that you know I was able to walk through the second step and and understand what I had to, um, what my journey would be in in finding the power greater than myself and having a relationship. And um, on page XXIX, in the doctor's opinion, it says that, um, that these, these things are repeated over and over again, our, our binging and our... Um, our guilt and remorse and our sprees, unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. And in the back of the book, in the spiritual experience, it tells me that um, that a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested among us in many different forms. And today, I'm, you know, I'm not the person I used to be. You know, the steps have transformed me into a person that, you know, really does care. And uh, I'm going through a lot of things right now, and I'm just so grateful that I have the steps and the fellowship. And, you know, when I, when I, before I, I talk on the line, I always try to ask my higher power to help, help me and, and to allow me to be the vessel through which, you know, God can speak, I, I, I pray, you know. And um, it's, uh, it's just an incredible experience to really, to really know that, you know, I don't have to do anything except be willing to work the steps to have this change come about. And that I have found my purpose um, and that I can be here for my family in ways that I was never able to in my past and that I walk never alone anymore. I really am surrounded by the fellowship, but most importantly, that the God of of my understanding is inside of me. And I'm so grateful for that. And, um, you know, I'm grateful that, uh, that there's no religious structure or, you know, um, 
rigidity around that, that, that we can all find our own. And I, I, to anybody that's a newcomer, you know, this personality change comes about through working the steps in, in order. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Laura. Who would like to share on what was read, please? This is Laura. Paula D. Larry. Karen. Laura. Okay. I see I've got Lorna, Larry, was it Paula? That would be Paula D., yes. Okay. Karen? And Karen. All right, let's start with you all. Um, I've got Lorna, Larry, Paula, and Karen. I don't have your last initial, so if you can remember to say those, that would be great. So, Lorna, go ahead, please. Okay. <clears throat> Lauren S. as in Sam, a, from, a recovered compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, my gosh. So this is just, uh, this is, this is, Okay. So, you know, a uh, a meditation that follows me, and now we're nearing the end of this chapter, is still, you know, it's that first step experience, and it's, is there anything less than a spirit, is anything less than a spiritual experience going to work for me? And the other meditation is, do I still have power, choice, and control today? And do I see that I've lost this power, choice, and control? And here, you know, surprisingly enough, we we find such convictions, no great obstacle to spiritual experience. And, you know, I see that if I have no power, I have no choice, and I have no control, then I need a spiritual experience. And what... Uh, and then it says agnostic. And I, I'm going to just try to talk, hopefully talk through God about that word, because, you know, today... By the higher power of my understanding, that's inside. That was inside of me all along. You know, God. You know, God's not lost. We don't have to find God. It's in the seeking. You know, it's, it's recovery is in the feet. Um, at, least, at least that's what really stuck out to me. The God of my understanding has removed from me the obsession to binge and restrict and overeat and undereat and obsess about food and what I'm going to eat and what I'm not going to eat. He's removed from me all of that. But I am not done. There is so much more for me to have a new experience, to have my old ideas cast out from God and about everything today. And I, I examine those things. You know, I I have a spiritual malady today in other areas of my life. Just because I'm abstinent and have the obsession removed, I have to examine, like, what's Lauren's ideas today about religion? What are my old ideas about money and and family and, and body? 
and and I I I've been you know I I examine these I examine these with my with my co-patriots I'm working I'm going through the work with I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm gonna wrap it up very briefly but uh you know yeah actually I think that's all I have to say thank you I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren S. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Larry Kay. Thanks so much, Amy, for your your service. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So, um, you know, we think it no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with um, as individuals. You know, th- this this should be an entirely personal affair, which each person, each one decides for himself in light in the light of past association. So for me, uh, you know, good thing <laughs> that I arrived here and that um, pretty early on I heard this message because, um, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, you know, there was confusion around. I certainly had an awareness of a higher power when I got here, um, you know, with tombstones in my eyes, you know, crawling into the rooms here. Um, so I, I had an awareness. I just didn't have access to this higher power, and I was a bit confused by it, and I was uncomfortable with it. I was uncomfortable with anybody that talked too much about, you know, their particular religious, you know, convictions. I I mean, I certainly respected that, that they had religious convictions, but I wasn't comfortable with it. And, you know, when it talks about, you know, this program suggests that we find access, it gives us access to a power greater than ourselves. You know, what it does for me is it brings me back to page 13 where, you know, I love in Bill's story where it talks about, you know, Evie is there with Bill, and this guy was a drunk, you know, Bill thought worse than, than himself. And, 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 and here was Evie changed. And, you know, when Evie was talking about these Oxford Group principles, and, and he, you know, when he was talking, he said, I, I, I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. And, and what was nice is, you know, Evie promised him that when he does these things, when these things are done, he would enter upon a new relationship with his creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. See, I, I only thought that I had a problem with food, but really that was just merely a, a symptom. It was a, it was a manifestation of a deeper soul sickness that I had. So belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility, you know, this, these were the things to establish and maintain a new order of things. But these were essential requirements. And for me, that was the essential requirement. That opened the door for me through this process. I subjected myself through a process, a practical program of action, and I, it didn't matter, you know, my conception of God. It didn't matter exactly if I was clear on, uh, there was lots of people that were clear on their association with God, but I wasn't. But by subjecting myself to this practical program of action and doing the work, I was to change. And I didn't need to understand how that change would come about. And at some point, the disease, the disease beat me down into a state of reasonableness that I just surrendered to that. And then God came flooding in once I worked through that, that program of action with integrity. And when I did that, I was brought into a new relationship with my higher power. And yes, one of the, one of the things that happened was is that food 
that obsession of the mind was literally lifted right out from me. But the greater thing for me that this program has provided is that I have a peace and serenity in the midst of calamity and challenge and all sorts of things. So I don't respond to life the way I used to. You know, I would have been a dead man. I, I was a dead man walking when I got here, and this program saved me. And it's brought me into a new relationship with my higher power, and I trust in that in everything, in everything that I do. It's made all the difference. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. Paula D. And thank you, Amy. Wonderful to start with gratitude. So I say thank you for the service that you've provided in this meeting that I could be at. I'm learning to be more and more appreciative of it. My name is Paula D., and I am a compulsive overeater, recovered today by the grace of God. You know, I'd like to begin here, and I will be mindful of the time. I'd love to sit here for hours, but no. I get to listen to so many beautiful shares. Uh, Before it says, the sentence before, there is no friction. Look at what it says, among us over such matters, friction, conflict. We have ceased fighting anything or anyone. How can we come into the spiritual realm and religious realm and still be wanting to fight? I did, even within my own self. But then it says, and I'm going to piggyback a bit here, but my fellow travelers don't really mind. This should be an entirely personal, personal affair, which each one, look at what it does here. It makes room for each one, wherever you are, decides for himself in the light. I will tell you, I will circle that that word, in the light. What does light mean? We see many beautiful people that speak in these books, William James and, we, and, and Carl Young and so many others. But in this word, I'm going to go to Daniel Webster. Light, thereby which objects are rendered visible. Finally, I could see. And then it says, spiritual illumination. And may I just go back for one moment again, the word light. You'll find it many places in this book if you'd like to do a study on it in this beautiful big book. On page 14, it says, I must turn in all things to the Father of light who presides over us all. Once I saw the light, and I don't use that word lightly, then I could see clearly. And what does it go on to say? Of past associations. That's what I didn't want to look at. <laughs> that in the light are his present choice. Today in that light, I can see my present choice. And there's where the steps brought me. And I say thank you. And I say thank you for this meeting. And with that, I say I pass. Thank you, Paula D. Karen T., please go ahead. Thank you, Amy. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. Great. Hi, my name is Karen T. is in trust, a compulsive reader, and I'm so grateful to be here this morning. Thank you to everyone who's on the line. Um, two things really jumped out at me, but the first is we do not, doesn't matter what religious body we are. It makes absolutely no difference if we have religious conviction or don't have any that is no consequence to having to working an OA program and why are these convictions no great obstacle to spiritual experience because of step one if we are truly powerless over food if food has us licked 
then we're ready to try something different. So the food itself makes us open-minded to the fact that we need a spiritual experience. If I'm drowning, I don't ask what kind of life jacket's being thrown to me. I just grab the life jacket. So the main thing is for me to really understand that I'm powerless and that I'm drowning and that I have to grab onto anything that will help. And here in OA and on this meeting and in in OA in general and 12 programs in general, there's a way out. There's a life jacket being thrown. And all I have to do is grab onto it. And um, that's what I have to concentrate on that I am powerless and I need something, some sort of spiritual experience. The life jacket is a spiritual experience. So any convictions I have about whether I like the life jacket that's being thrown to me doesn't matter. I have to grab it and just just try it. So that's um, why convictions um, about agnosticism are no great obstacle because when we're powerless, the obstacles slip away. Um, thank you all so much, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Karen T. Would anyone else like to share on what was read in these two paragraphs? Nancy Ara. Suji. Okay, I have Nancy R., Suji, and Vasa. Oh, yep. Go ahead, Nancy. Hi, good morning, and uh, happy Kwanzaa, happy holiday to everybody who uh, mm. celebrates. Uh, my name is Nancy. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The sentence that uh, struck me was not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such memberships. And um, I'm a church musician. Uh, my father was a pastor. And I enjoy, I, all my life I have uh, uh, just love going to, to different churches. I played for multiple denominations, but there was something that I was seeking that I never found in any of the churches I played for or attended. And um, by the grace of God and the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous, I found what it was I was seeking. I didn't know what it was, uh, but it really was a true working relationship with God, I, you know, in all those years, and I, I don't regret them, I'm grateful, uh, And but all those years, you know, I was seeking a personal relationship that uh, I wasn't able to grasp because I was in the clutches of the food, and I'm just so grateful that uh, I found recovery in these rooms, and today, my attendance, my participation in uh my faith is so much, it is just so meaningful today. Uh, I still enjoy participating in religious worship, but today it is meaningful. Um, for so many years it was rit- was ritualistic, but today it is so meaningful. And um, uh, I'm just so grateful. That's all I can say. I'm just full of gratitude that I that I have had a spiritual experience. <laughs> it was not in the church. It was not. It's an individual thing, and these steps uh, have just given me a way of living life that's infinitely, as it says, infinitely grateful that anything I could have imagined. 
I have today. I'm living in the promises, and I thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. Sue G. Go ahead, please. Go ahead, Sue. Press star one to unmute. Thanks for the tip because I just muted myself and then unmuted myself. It's mm-hmm. Sue G in Pennsylvania recovered, grateful. So, yes, the food has a flick. And I, too, like the, um, not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such memberships. And most doesn't mean all. And that's okay. Um, All I had to know was that I had to be quiet and stop explaining things. And and what I've learned, which opens me, and I learned it by doing these steps and and uh, by getting opened up in There Is a Solution, I'm opened up to the God of my understanding. And I'm, I'm opened up to something other than me, which is code for me of my expectations. My expectations reek when it some matters like this. That that I really need to let them go and look look for other other than me. And that's all I have to do. I, I and and that's the solution. The solution opens us up other possibilities there's hope if i'm if i'm not alone if i'm not trying to do this alone if i'm willing to step aside and listen take my name off of all this stuff that i used to put it on then it doesn't matter and it doesn't even matter why i came into oa except that i have to have a problem with food the problem with food can be the absolute bottom of my list of problems or the absolute top of it it doesn't make any difference where it sits as long as i understand that I'm here with others to to get some help with me. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Sue G. Fasa O, go ahead, yes. please. Thank you, Amy, for your service, and I am Vasa O, calling from um, Florida, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from Florida by the grace of God. And I'll go to the first paragraph. This should be an entirely personal affair which each one decides for himself in the light of past associations of his present choice. And uh, I grew up in a home, in a religious home, and I also grew up in a, in a communist country too with a lot of mixed messages. But anyways, I was raised in a home where we're not allowed to go to any other churches, especially when we came in America in the old country, we had only one church anyways. That was ours, you know. But here, we didn't have our own church. And it was really, you know, my parents didn't like us to go to different kind of churches. We had to go far away to find a church that was similar to ours. But anyways, it, um, I, it is by the grace of God I, I, I got my spiritual experience right here when I came to Over It Is Anonymous and started reading the big book and followed the directions, the recipe that's written here, the directions. I would have never learned what I have learned uh, in, uh, in, in here, in the, in, in the big book, 
you know. And I'm just so, so grateful. Uh, I will be still, you know, yes, I did go, you know, I've gone back to church, you know. I have a better understanding and deeper understanding who God is and what God has done for me, what, what I, that I couldn't do for myself. So um, I became much more open-minded, um, you know. And again, here, yeah, I don't, we don't, I don't care, you know, everybody comes from different places, different religions. It doesn't matter. We all have one thing in common. We have a disease, which is physical, emotional, spiritual. And I know for me, I needed to find a power greater than myself to save me because I was dying. I was drowning, drowning there in, in the ocean. Just, just throw me a life jacket, please. Hey, save me. And what a gift, you know, that I found the solution this is it. It's here. This was my last hope. And again, for me, abstinence became number one at the beginning because I heard I needed to have my fa- my mind before before I worked the twelve steps. And then I hear other people um, they have a spiritual experience while they are going through the steps. It doesn't matter as we find that the peace, the serenity, the contentment, the, the joy that I ha- I was seeking out there from other things to get from. So I'm just so grateful that I'm back to the vision for you. And I never left that anyways, but I kind of branched out, did other things for a while, but I still stayed, you know, in the program. I still worked the steps. And God was just pulling me to come back here, and I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, we're going to move on here. Chelsea H., if you could please read. Chelsea, press star one to unmute and start with further on, please. Okay, maybe Chelsea's having some technical difficulties. We will go ahead and have Alice M. read, please. Alice, are you there? Yes, I am. Is it the next two pick? Hi, Amy. Oh, okay, we found Chelsea. Sorry, I you are. Yeah, unmuting debacle there for a moment. Um, I'm Chelsea H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater for today. Further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. These are followed by 42 personal experiences. Each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. These give a fair cross-section of our membership and a clear-cut idea of what has actually happened in their lives. We hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. Our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages, and we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. And I'm still Chelsea, recovered for today. Um, This information here now lays it out pretty clear that the clear-cut directions are... um, from chapters 5 to 11, and then followed by that are the stories, the personal stories. 
And the um, way that I have been understanding this uh, particular part of the book and how it is, I'm to apply it as I work with others and as I continue to grow in understanding and effectiveness is that my job is to walk through those clear-cut directions after I have gone through the beginning parts of the book, the doctor's opinion and um, chapters one through four, all the directions then are it's time for me to take action because up until that point I'm reading and getting an explanation of the disease, getting a full picture of someone who actually walked through it and what happened to them. I had a doctor tell me that uh, what doc it looks like two doctors now have given us what the program actually is. We've gotten the physical from Silkworth and now Carl Young dealing with the mental slash spiritual part. And um, put together, it's just ironic, isn't it, that the medical community actually get um, gives us our way out. And it's a spiritual solution. So together they work. And then it's telling me also to here is that um, the posture I assume when I'm um, dealing with anyone or working in the program myself, my convictions and my beliefs are my own. Everybody has a personal relationship, a personal journey, and you can hear that from the stories they're saying, so you can get the buy-in. And what it says is that our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately, desperately in need. There's that whole willingness through desperation that is required for us to get the beginning and get going. And then it also goes on to say that um, the solution itself is to establish a relationship with power. That's the whole crux of this chapter, is to let us know what we'll need to do to recover from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and that it's going to require us to um, have some type of spiritual solution, because you're screwed if you don't. So whatever your issues are or whatever you feel that, um, you know, is standing in the way, an obstacle, of some kind of spiritual experience sufficient enough to shift the thinking, you better get over and get over it quick, Chelsea. Because if you, I'm an agnostic. You got a problem with the word God? Deal with it because you have to walk through and have some type of relationship. It doesn't say what it has to be, at the, you know, or, or how it should be crafted. It's going to be personal to you, and it'll be my own experience. And I'm really grateful that um, as I continue to work in the book and continue to um, look at it as a textbook, that I can see that there's, a, um, there's usually a problem, then there's usually some type of uh, example of that problem, and then each chapter gives us a solution. Because if you look back over all the chapters we read up until this point, the ending part of each chapter points to the same thing that they're saying, is that we have to have some kind of relationship with power, and that we who bring the message, and that we who work day by day with the sick and desperate, have to allow them to walk their own path and not try to dictate what their path should be. Being helpful is our only goal. And each chapter at the end that we've read up to this point points to that. So thanks for letting me share, and thanks for everybody being on the line. Pass. Thank you, Chelsea. Who would like to share on the... Julia. This is Sally. Michelle. Anna Sally. H. Leia. Sally. Right. So Julia. Bella. Sally. I think I heard Leia. Okay. Anna H. Anna H. 
And Sally R. and Bella. Okay, so we'll go with those. Julie R., go ahead. Julie, well, Hi. Julie, Bella, Sally, Leah, and Anna. Hi, this is Julie R., recovered compulsive reader from California. Um, and the first sentence, I love this. We are giving clear-cut directions showing how we recovered. You know, it doesn't say that I'm going to have success on a diet. It has nothing to do with alcohol. It has nothing to do with food. It's recovered from what? You know, that seemingly hopeless way I lived. And the main thing that I want to touch on is where it talks about about establishing your relationship with, with your God. I mean, my God is uh, totally different than probably most people but it doesn't matter. I mean, that's what this whole book is about, is to find a relationship with something greater than Julie that will allow me to live a happy, joyous, sane life. You know, I'm not morbidly obese anymore. I'm not um, causing havoc in my husband's life, my children, my work. You know, I've had that shift, and it's only because I had to, I had to know that there was something more powerful than me, something that could help me put that food down. I wouldn't throw it and steal food from everybody. I wouldn't lie, cheat, manipulate, um, be be this woman who was not, um, you know, a, a way a woman should live. And this all happened by coming to Overeaters Anonymous, by truly working these steps these clear-cut directions, steps 1 through 12 and living in 10 and 11 and 12. And what does that mean? Well, the first thing i got to do is i got to admit that I am this compulsive overeater. So I am excited that I can say that I am recovered today, not just for the food, that is the beginning, but that I can look at people in the eye now and know that I am authentic. So this is exciting because I do have a God. Again, my God is totally different than most people's. But it doesn't matter because it's personal. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. And just a friendly reminder for everyone to keep it to three minutes so we can get everybody in. Thank you. Bella, go ahead, please. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G. And I am a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Amy, for doing this service. And thank you very much, everybody on the line. The way he established his relationship with God Wow, such a freedom, such a relief. Now I know exactly what is my goal. My goal in life is to establish my relationship with God. And it's like when I am going, when I am driving and I don't know the way and I I want to know direction and I put in the GPS, I, I need to put where I want to go, where I need to go. And now this is my, my, my goal in life. Yes, everything is my relationship with God. And it's on an everyday basis. It's 24-7. It's my way of thinking, my way of eating, my way of behaving, how is my relationship with God? Such a freedom, such a peaceful thinking. Yes, my goal is to build my relationship with God. Thank you for letting me share and I pass.
Thank you, Bella. Go ahead, Sally R. Oh, good morning. It's Sally A. in South Jersey. Oh, Sally A. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> I recovered from both overeater. Um, I want to also um, talk a little bit about this important piece of uh, literature here on page 29. They're giving us clear-cut directions. That's what they're telling us on the how, how we become recovered. And this was really all important to me from the first minute. The first second, I heard that word, recovered, after 29 years in Overeaters Anonymous. When I finally heard someone say that they were recovered, all I wanted to know is, how do I get that? How do I get recovered? And here we see clearly, right after they say those words, further on, clear-cut directions are given, showing how we become recovered. Then they tell us that each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. And here, I think we see here very clearly how we become recovered is linked to these words establishing a relationship with God. And, and, you know, seeing as how I've been, you know, since I was a little kid, in a very, very sick relationship with food, a very deep relationship with food, whereas every time anything happened, any emotion passed my brain, all I could think about was food because the relationship with food was paramount and the relationship with food was going to fix it. And, you know, we're talking, every chapter talks about a design of living, a manner of living, a plan of living. Um, They keep presenting it in a different manner, a different way, but they present that same sentence in every chapter of this book, a design for living, and we see it right across the page. If our eyes just drift right across the page to page 28. And here, too, they talk about, a few lines down, the creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms. And on the bottom of page 13, more about how we establish the relationship with our creator. On the bottom of page 13, it says we'll have the elements of a way of living. We see these same concepts being presented over and over, and they're presented together. They present the word relationship. They present this concept of a way of living, a manner of living, a design of living, a plan of living. And then they present how it works. And here on page 13, they give us the how at the bottom. And and here again, and one more time, I want to show you that on page 164, a paragraph that we read every single morning on this line. On 164, they also give us the same word, relationship. They tell us on the bottom of 60, page 164, They tell us, see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us, and it is the great fact for me, that I was in a sick relationship with food and that everything and anything that upset me led me to the same dark alley, food. Oh, I'm upset. What can I eat? Oh, I'm so happy. It's time to celebrate. What can I eat? Every single situation led to that same sick relationship with food. And the new design of living for me, for Sally A in South Jersey, is that I'm developing on a daily basis. The thoughts that cross my mind now are, how can I strengthen my relationship with my higher power, with my God? Thanks for letting me share with that I pass. Thank you, Sally A. Leah M., please go ahead. 
Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everybody. Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. You know, Chapter 2, uh, There is a Solution, has, you know, made it clear that suffering from a twofold illness, allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, which is actually the greater crux of the illness, you know, and the conclusion is that I'm powerless. The conclusion is that, you know, as a real compulsive overeater, I have no effective power with respect uh, to those binge foods. I have no choice. The mental obsession condemns, condemns me to pick up that first bite, even when I didn't want to, and the phenomenon of craving condemns condemns me to continue binging once I start. And even when I wasn't binging, even when my fists weren't in the bags and the boxes, I would continue to think about binging. And my life was unmanageable. And I was restless, irritable, and discontent. And all those efforts that I expended and all those remedies that I chased did not deliver the hoped-for results. Because my human resources, as marshaled by my will, were not sufficient, and they failed utterly, and I was beaten to a pulp, and I crawled in, looking for help. Because my primary relationship had been with, my, with food. <laughs> it had been my friend. It had been my lover. It had been my confidant. It had been my nemesis, and it had been my destroyer. And the 12 steps of recovery were the directions out of the mad realm of compulsive overeating to a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. Because my book was teaching me, and those who had recovered were teaching me, that I was suffering from a disease which only a spiritual experience was going to conquer. And it was going to be this connectedness, this relationship with something immeasurable and indestructible, which was going to solve my problem. So yes, indeed, there was a solution for someone like me, but it wasn't going to be material, and it wasn't going to be physical, and it wasn't going to be human. It was going to be in the fourth dimension. It was going to be in the world of the spirit. It was going to be a relationship with a power greater than myself. But I had to pursue that and apply that through these 12 steps. And as a result, I was transformed the problem solved, the obsession of the mind driven out. Finally, after almost two decades of madness and mayhem, I was free. I was no longer needing to look for temporary relief. I had been saved. I had found salvation through these steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Anna H., please go ahead. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Hi, good morning. This is Anna H. Um, I'm recovered for today in this program. Um, I okay. So, so much to say about this, but I'll sum it up to say that um, I, when I came into this program, well, when I found this program, I desperately needed directions um, because I had tried everything. I had tried everything my way, and I tried, you know, dieting, et cetera, et cetera. And so for there to be clear-cut directions, you you had me interested. I was interested at, you know, you had me at directions. I wanted to know how this was going to help alleviate my food problem because at the time that's what I really believed that it was a problem with food and that I was 
um, but it was a moral issue. And to learn in this program that it's the food is a symptom and that it is not a moral issue, it's a disease, um, was freedom for me. Um, and then also then to learn, I'll, I'll admit and say that when this program said, well, those crux of everything, you know, this connection with a higher power, um, like this paragraph tells us, to make this relationship, I was a little disappointed because I came to it, you know, I came from a background of hearing people say, well, pray, you know, pray, ask God, ask this, ask that, you know, pray and ask God for this. And I thought, oh, okay, you're asking me to ask God, pray and ask again for things, you know. Um, it's sending me back to some religious, you know, I had a concept, a concept that it was religious. So I had to learn through this program, and thank God I was willing to learn, and it was beautifully presented to me, and reading the stories in the back as well really helped to show me it's not a religious program, it's a spiritual program. And the concept that I have of my higher power today, for instance, is so far from what I came from it's um you know i mean my i call my higher power big daddy and the the image that i have of my higher power um is one that is just so not unconventional but it works for me um and i was able to rewrite my higher power to be what i needed and um to be this being of love instead of this being of um admonishment and you know admonition and punishment that i had um grown up with and believed that, that that would, you know, God doesn't really take time with my little issues. Um, that's not it today. You know, my higher power is in everything, is always with me. And so that's, you know, the stories in the back really helped support that. And I love that they kind of, they tell us this in this paragraph. They say, here are the directions, making that relationship, and then the stories in the back tell us how to do it. So it's, the directions, and then the support. Um, and then we also have the support of our fellows as well. So um, with that, I'll pass and just say that I'm grateful to be experiencing an abstinent holiday and be able to show up today for my family and for the people around me and that it's not about the food. Um, and that truly is this program and truly is um, my higher power. Thank you. Thank you, Anna H. My name's Amy G. I'm going to sneak in under the wire here. Gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. You know, there's a saying in the program that goes, the Overeaters Anonymous, um, you know, our program is not for those who need it, not for those who want it, but those who work it. And why are they willing to work it? Because they know they must have it. And as so many have already spoken, this idea and concept of a higher power becomes a mute point when you're drowning from this disease of a compulsive overeater, a compulsive overeating. And I know that was the same for me, that even though as an agnostic, firm agnostic, when this life vest of recovery was brought to me, I too grabbed hold even though I didn't understand this whole higher power thing, even though I was agnostic because I knew that I was dying of compulsive overeating. And it's so beautiful how they lay out. I mean, what chapter have we just finished here? This is the chapter called There is a Solution, and we're on the last page, and they're saying further on are clear-cut instructions. I would have thought 
in my humble opinion, that the instructions would have been in the chapter, there is a solution. But no, what are they building up to? We've gone through the doctor's opinion. You know, understanding the concept of the allergy and a bit about the mental obsession. We've, I've heard Bill's story, and I'm relating to how he behaves and acts in this world with his alcoholism and, and how I did with my food. I can relate entirely. I identify in. And then we're on Chapter 3. There is a solution telling us that there is an absolute way that we can be recovered from compulsive overeating, that there is freedom. But powerlessness and understanding the disease must come first and also understanding that given the directions are great, but without honesty and willingness and open-mindedness about something greater than myself, that these directions will mean nothing to me if I don't understand what the problem is and I don't understand that of myself I cannot fix this thing because if you had given me the direction, directions any time sooner, I would have just taken the directions and run with them. Me, myself, and I would have taken the directions. And we're not actually even getting to Chapter 5 yet. We're on Chapter 3 because they know, Bill understands from his own experience in the light of his own story and the many other stories we're going to read about that it takes convincing after convincing where we have to understand that we of ourselves, there has to be something greater than ourselves that will bring about this personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. We go on now to Chapter 3, more about alcoholism. mind was and that he's telling us there is a solution we have to understand that powerlessness i had to understand what the disease disease concept was about and i wanted to get to the end of the paragraph where they beautifully say i must have this thing what is this thing go on tell me more tell me more i am powerless i must have this thing and remember there is a solution that's what this chapter is trying to say. There is a solution. It's outside of us, but it's here, and we have a way to be recovered. And I'm so grateful for that. And with that, I will pass. So we need to wrap things up. I want to thank everyone who has shared, especially our speakers and our readers of the Traditions and the Steps, Nancy S., Lois M., and our readers, Sarah W., Chelsea H., and, of course, Alice being on deck. And we will now close with a reading of the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I would like to have Alice M., if you could please read A Vision for You. That would be great. Yes, thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.